and welcome to the Respectfully podcast. I'm your host Ellie Scott and today I'm talking to Hayley Jepson and Christina Fazzoni about mindset and burnout. So welcome Christina, welcome Hayley to the Respectfully podcast. I'm really excited to have you both here today to talk about like, mindset and mental health, especially with like the really busy Christmas period coming up. So you're both hairdressers and you're now coaching as well like how how have you ended up here like if you want to Hayley do you want to go first well it's a kind of a funny story really because I never set out to be a coach it wasn't in the plan none of this was really but I was behind the chair for about just short of 30 years because I'm that old and um yeah I was I I call myself a triple book colorist because that's how I existed for most of my career I usually had three clients on the go at any given time um and after about 20 years of being in hairdressing this busy and pretty burnt out most of it I got really fed up uh, and I was having a lot of therapy I said a lot of therapy I was having therapy <laughs> quite a lot of it yeah. at that time because I was struggling with my mood uh, and I was generally quite unhappy and after a couple of years of therapy and I started to feel better in myself, I still wasn't really loving my job. It didn't come back. And so I decided to make a change and become a psychotherapist. And so that was the start of the change of the journey, really. And so it took four years to be- become a psychotherapist. And I did that training while I was still behind the chair. And then I left hairdressing and thought I would never be back. Uh, and I went off to work as a psychotherapist. And I did that for about five years. And I loved it until I didn't. I started to find the job quite lonely. And so um, what happened around that time was my friend begged me to come and do a bit of work for them as a colourist because they were short. Uh, and I said, all right. They'd asked me loads of times and I kept saying no. And then one day I said, all right, I'll do you a day. And I did a day and to my surprise, I loved it. And I was like, oh, I love it again. And within six months, I'd gone full time back behind the chair. And I gave up therapy. I know, I literally did not see that coming. I was like, what is happening? (laughs) What a waste of all that training. But what was really interesting to me was I was reflecting on why I wasn't stressed, why clients weren't stressing me out, why I wasn't miserable, what was different. And I realised it was me, (laughs) quite a lot of it. (laughs) It was a windy road and I I didn't plan it. Yeah. (laughs) And are you still working in a salon no, now? No, I stopped doing hair altogether in the about the third lockdown. And, and really, I gave up hair because my back is really bad. Uh, and I can't stand up okay. anymore for okay. hours. Uh, and so, luckily for me, I had a plan B. The, the resilient hairdresser yeah. had taken off enough that I could make the leap. Uh, and so, yeah, I do the resilient hairdresser oh, full amazing. time. Yeah. And how about you, Christina? How did you, how did you land into coaching? Yeah, so similar to Hayley, I never planned to be a coach and I'm still kind of pivoting into that space a little bit and it was never part of the plan. Um, I've been in the industry for 10 years and the very beginning of my um, career, it was very much an experience of lack of confidence, comparing myself to other artists and it was kind of all these feelings that kept propping up, which I thought was down to a lack of knowledge or lack of you know skill in the craft. So I was going through some one-to-one education during my time in the salon and that really helped. But then the more experienced I got, the more or different kind of problems I was facing. So different experiences, but still that feeling of a lack of confidence in this or comparing myself to, to this person or this person's doing something better than me, which is something that I've experienced a lot of artists do feel a lot of the time, no matter what level they're at. 
And so I was always in the salon, I was always an employed stylist, but I was always that person that would people would go to when they were experiencing those things because it was just those, you know, those back staff room kind of chats where it's like, I'm, I don't know what to do. Help me with this. Don't know what to do with this client. I'm experiencing this anxiety. I don't know what to do here. And I was always that kind of go to person, which I really loved kind of helping people get through that that moment. And so that kind of then developed into my education business, which I've had for a few years now. But it started off mainly as more skills based education. So color being my speciality, that was kind of what I was educating people on. So what I then transitioned my education business into was that coaching business where, I, although we still look at slightly some of that kind of skills based education, it's a lot more focused around, OK, what are we thinking? What are we feeling and what are we experiencing? And then how can we change that so that then we can actually achieve the results we want within our craft? Yeah. How are you finding the balance between working in a salon and like the coaching? So I luckily work in a studio from home, so I can have that balance a little bit easier. But initially, when I was kind of doing some education when I was employed, it was it was quite a hard balance. But again, it comes down to that kind of boundaries. It comes down to kind of that self-care, giving yourself or allowing yourself, empowering yourself enough to know that you can step in and, you know, create those limits when you need to. And again, there's work there that is always needs to be done, which we always kind of push aside as creators. We think we can do it all, but it is really sometimes there is a balance. Sometimes you need to hustle, but there's other times where you just need to be kind to yourself and realise there's a boundary that needs to be put in place. Yeah. Which is what I'm learning. You should take your own <laughs> advice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, Hayley, do you, what typically happens when a client comes to you? Um, more often than not, when a client um, rocks up at my door as a one-to-one, they're burnt out. And they're often pretty yeah. unhappy. Um sometimes thinking about leaving the industry um sometimes they're employed thinking about making the leave into self-employment because they can't um get their life balance loads of different things but what really pretty much joins everyone together that comes to me for the first time is they're experiencing burnout from one degree or another but often what happens with burnout is it's a perfect storm you know hairdressing is always a busy job um, but then what happens sometimes is people have stopped looking after themselves and they've managed to pull that off for a while and then something else happens. And then that is often something that's happening at home. Uh, and so because of my therapy training, uh, I don't mind leaning into that a little bit. But sometimes yeah. I will say to people, you need to go and get some therapy or some counselling. But in general, what happens is People stay for as long as they want. And I'm not into tying people in, like having to buy six a block of six. Or I don't do that yeah, sort of yeah. thing. I like to treat people like adults and grown-ups. And you come if you want and you don't if you don't. And there's a yeah. part of me where I want people to commit to it on their own, not because I force them into it. I work on their energy first. Because if you've got no energy because you're burnt out, you can't put boundaries in. It's too hard. And so often where I start with is, okay, where are we going to claw some energy back? I'm thinking about self-care. We're going to get some energy back. What can you put down? All of that. And then we move into, okay, now we've got a bit of energy. We're going to have some hard conversations and we're going to put some boundaries in and we're getting to get some better policies. And then when that happens, people start to feel a little bit better, better. And then we're like, okay, what's next? And that's how that goes. And I feel mindset comes somewhere around that part. You know, I think mindset is all part of the self-care stuff, but I think what's different between mental health and mindset is it's all layered and mindset comes a little higher up. 
you know, imagine there's like um a foundation layer down here and mindset comes a little bit higher up than that. And I think that's yeah. that's how I think about the yeah. difference. And how about you, Christina? What um what's it like a typical day like when a client approaches you how does that look yeah so <clears throat> very differently it's somebody won't come to me although I talk about mindset a lot somebody won't come to me and say hey listen I need help with my mindset because it doesn't ever start from the receiver's point of view it doesn't ever start from that it starts with my kind of coaching clients from somebody okay I, I want to be more creative and I can't or I want a different lifestyle with my work but I can't tell my clients I don't have the confidence to enter this competition or take this next step in my career and I need help with that. So that's how it will start with my kind of coaching clients. But it won't ever be something's wrong with my mindset. Help me. And then what we'll do is we'll work through that. And then through that journey is where we start to dig deeper and figure out, OK, why is this not happening? What can we undo or what behaviours can you unlearn to to get yourself to that point? Because often it is that kind of inner feeling and that inner mindset that is stopping us from from moving forward. And I have a little bit of a, a process where, where it's unlearn, adapt and manifest. So we first look at like, what are we unlearning? What do we need to change? And what do we need to stop doing to hinder yourself? So maybe you are, there's certain thoughts that you're thinking that will stop you from a- applying to that job. Or maybe there's some self-work and affirmations we need to work on. And once we've done that, we move into adapt. Okay, so what now new, new techniques are we using that will help you to move forward in that space? And then we look at manifest. So sometimes the reason I look at manifest is because often we can do the work and this is something I've done myself. We can do that in a work, we can take care of ourselves and it's all great. And then we step away and we don't have the skills to keep that going forward on our own. So with manifest, that kind of part, we look at how can we now continue? What tools can I give somebody to make sure that when they do go away and they're not working with me, they can then essentially be their own coach. Um, And that's something that I did myself with my own coach when I was coaching a few years ago. And it's something that I found has been probably the strongest part. The work there and then is great. But the the stronger part is the tools that you take away with you to then manifest that for yourself. Um, So that's the kind of process I take my clients on. But it always starts with a practical problem. It never starts with kind of a mental thing that they're aware of. Um, But yeah, it's definitely a journey. And it's definitely something that I mean, for me, sometimes I have people who come in my online courses and that's that. I have people who work one-to-one with me with sessions temporarily. And then I have people, like Hayley was saying, that kind of work through me step-by-step and they kind of stay with me. So it's different. It's a different journey for everybody. Um, But it all comes down to, I guess, similar to what you were saying, Hayley, getting to that foundation and figuring out what the problem is before we we can then move forward. And then, in my case, help you achieve that kind of practical result that they're looking for. Yeah. Do you see similarities in um, like what causes burnout? Always, always. There's a lot of um, what, I, what I would call people pleasing going on, um, where people yeah. are saying yes when they mean no. Um, they're worried people will leave if they say no. Uh, they've built businesses on more of an over-friendly favour type vibe. Uh, and so sometimes yeah. it's when we're... I don't want to say, I don't mean unprofessional is not what I mean, but I mean when we don't have more professional boundaries to protect ourselves and we're not behaving business-like, this often leads to burnout. So it's usually a lack of policies. It's over-friendliness with clients. And so then when we don't want to say no to our friends, but when you've got 80 friends, that can be really hard. Um, stuff like that. Uh, not updating systems. So, you know, if you're work, if you're still operating a paper diary, that's going to make it a little harder. Um, but it's often um, things that are going on at home as well. 
you know, the, the balance of responsibility might not be divided up very well in your house. Uh, and so often my clients are picking up the responsibility, all the responsibility they can find. They're picking up as much as possible. Uh, and sometimes people don't want to put it down. They can be a little bit control freaky. And that's how they manage their anxiety is through being controlling. Yeah. But it's now biting them on the bum. You know, so what I often find is coping strategies that help you with one thing are now leading to burnout. Massive similarities, basically. It doesn't matter if you're employed, self-employed, working from a shed in your garden, an educator. It's, a lot of it is based in the same things. What are your um, like top tips for like getting your head in the game? Oh, good question. I would say a lot of self-work and create a vision. I think those are my two main I think without the self-work, without understanding your behaviour, without understanding your mindset, your thoughts, because it all starts with a thought, without understanding that, there's only so far you can go in your game and in your craft, which is what I've realised, not only from my own experience again, but through the students that I'm working with, because it is very much, um, it all starts from within. And I'm a huge believer in that you can create your outside world based on what you do from your inner world. And if you can work with that to start with, your results, not only are they clearer and more more specific with your goals and targets but it's it's a lot more enjoyable and when you can understand that kind of approach like how am I why am I acting this way towards this certain step in my career or something in life this because it doesn't just work for your career why am I doing that and when you understand that it becomes more enjoyable to then move forward so definitely self-work um and then create a vision I think a lot of the what I see a lot with my coaching clients is that people who are struggling to get their head in the game or are struggling with anything really confidence um lack of self-belief any of that it really starts a lot with not having a vision or not having a clear enough vision so i would always say set a vision because and it's not just to sit there and go okay this is what i want to do in five years time a 10-year plan not that boring stuff i'm talking like really sit down and feel what is it what excites you what what do you want to do and what do you what makes your soul set on fire because that is essentially what we're here to do right so if I can help somebody do that, then that's the goal. So self-work and create a vision, I'd always say, are two things to, to get your head in the game. Would you say um, that of the people that come to you, are they, is it a mixture of like salon owners, employees, freelancers, or would you say there's sort of more one type of like hairdresser altogether that is after some mindset coaching or is feeling burnt um, out? I personally would say that it's a mixture. Um, I think... I work a lot in the freelance space, so a lot of the people that come to me are people who work in like on their own. Um, but I've worked with salon owners, but again, it's it's a very similar for me. It's a very similar process. So whether it's a salon owner, or someone who's employed, or works freelance, it's always a specific goal that they're after that haven't been able to achieve yet, and then we work through the mindset stuff after. So whether it's it, it's a mixture for me, but it all starts with one thing that they haven't achieved yet that they want to get to. Yeah. How about for you, Hayley? Would you say there's a certain type of hairdresser or...? No, um, I'm, I'm varied. You know, I, I talk to salon owners, freelancers, employed people, educators. I think my work is more across the board in that way. Uh, obviously, when you think about it, like the amount of personalities you have to like talk to every day and, you know, it is a lot to take in. And um, what do you think, like salon owners can do like to help help their team with that for me i i think that um salon owners need to you know think about themselves as leaders 
you yeah. know so I do a lot around leadership uh, I have courses for that and I coach a lot, a lot around leadership uh, and I think you really need to step into the role of leadership and that can be hard for some salon owners they don't like to think about themselves as the leader uh, and they will yeah. be more managerial instead of lead, leading which is being more of the the vision maker and the decider of how the you know where the ship's going to go and I think that modern leadership now needs to be more of a coaching role um and 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 so I think that if you if as a leader you think of yourself as coaching your staff I think you will have much more success in the modern space I think young people coming into the industry expect more of that now I think that's the Mm -hmm. way things are going so I think successful leadership is coaching yeah there's definitely yeah there's definitely a change in that the younger generation coming in yeah they have different expectations than I did 30 yeah. years ago you know I just did what I was told uh and and you know was much more a bit more put up and shut up with stuff that goes on but the young people coming in have much um higher expectations of how they're treated of how they want to spend their days and they want to help they want you to help them build their career that that's um they're a bit more forthright with stuff like that and I see that some salon owners uh, struggle with that and they don't know how to relate to the new the younger generations and so yeah I talk to people about that sort of stuff quite a lot yeah Uh, Christina you might see like a fair bit of this um would you say social media is kind of like putting too much pressure onto hairdressers yeah this is always a big discussion I I'm in two minds about it because I definitely think from a hairstylist point of view, it's, it is a pressurizing thing. If you're coming, if you're looking at it from kind of a client's point of view, then yes, a client may not always understand the pressure that that puts on somebody as an artist to create a result that they're after based on this picture. So there is a lot that goes on there. And if you're looking at it from a hairstylist point of view, when we're sitting there scrolling for hours a day, there is a lot to compare yourself to. And there's a lot of great, perfect stuff that we see that is easy to it's hard not to think okay could I have done that as good or why are they better than me and all of this self-comparison stuff that comes up but ultimately I think if you can understand your own reaction to those kind of things and put in your own boundaries and understand what your own personal limits are the actual thing itself so social media in this case isn't the actual problem and sometimes it comes down to really understanding what your reaction is to things again like I was saying earlier you can control your outside world if you look within And if you can understand your own reaction to things and whether it's social media or whether it's what your boss is saying or whether it's stuff happening at home. And yes, like Hayley was saying earlier, sometimes therapy needs to be like there's more work that needs to be done. But if you're looking at it from a mindset point of view, there's always something that you can look at within yourself to then control the outside. So if you know when your limits are and you know that you feel those self-comparison emotions when you're looking at work online or whatever it might be, then understanding what you can do to change that is so much more powerful than looking outside for a result or a change. So social media, yes, of course, it's always going to be something that is there. Great in some ways, not so great in others. But if you can control how you react to that, that I would say is key. Yeah, I don't think social media is the problem. I I agree. I, I think social media exaggerates a problem that someone has. You know, if you're the sort of person that's always comparing yourself to other people and feeling less than, you can really use social media to bang yourself over the head with it. But social media is not the problem. Um, Obviously, the days are getting shorter. Now the clocks have gone back or forward. I can't remember what way it was now. (laughs) So obviously that does, you know, it's dark when you wake up, it's dark when you leave work. People do kind of have a bit of a can't be bothered attitude. What would be like your advice for that? 
I think winter can be really hard. I remember once upon a time when I used to work in a salon in a basement and I went to work in the dark and I left work in the dark and I didn't yeah. see daylight all day. And when I think mm. about that now, it makes me feel quite panicky. When I think about walking down those stairs, I think, no. Uh, and so I think winter can be really hard. And so I think there are, I think that a lot of people can struggle with SAD um, to lesser and greater degrees. But I also think there's something to be said for leaning into the seasons, you know, and just accepting that this is a hibernation season. <laughs> and don't put so much pressure on yourself to have the same amount of energy that you have in the summer. I think sort of riding out the seasons of how you feel is fine. Um, and I don't think we need to be bouncing off the walls with excitement 24-7 all year round. I think that's a mad expectation to put on ourselves. And so when it comes into winter, I sort of go, oh, OK, this is a low energy season for me now. And I'm going to hibernate. I'm probably going to sleep a little bit longer. I don't stay up as long in the evening. My evenings are shorter. And I just I've made a decision to embrace that as opposed to try and fight against it constantly. Also, though, uh, I would highly I don't use this anymore because I can please myself a bit more these days. But when I was in the salon, I had a Lumi clock because that that helped me massively because I just was really struggling to get out of bed when the clocks changed. I found that really painful. Um, and I think that we need to force ourselves to get outside a little bit when we can and see a little bit of daylight as much as possible, yeah. particularly if we're in that situation where we're working without windows or in basements and stuff, you know, which is an absolute reality for a lot of hairdressers. And so just accept that it's a change of pace, the winter. And and I think, yeah. think about what's good about the winter, you know, all the good telly comes out, <laughs> in the winter. all the good films come out because the Oscars is coming up. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that are good about the winter. And I, I try and lean into what's really nice about this season. How about you? Christina yeah totally agree the word there that I would I work a lot with my students on that you were saying and it made my alarm bells go off is the acceptance because any kind of whatever your situation is if it's something you can't control like the seasons acceptance is the first place to start because if you if you're constantly going through that season of oh but this and oh but summer and oh that the days were longer or whatever it might be it's you're just going to fight a constant battle and you're always going to be looking for why couldn't I have this instead of the, and this applies across the board, not just for seasons, but instead of looking at that, you, you could be looking at what is, like you said, what is good about this and how can I accept moving forward that this is how my day is going to be. And also not having that pressure because if we're talking about this in a wider um, spectrum, people may be hearing this and thinking, but I love winter. So not accepting that that, you know, societal thing is you. Sometimes that you may not fit that kind of script. You may not fit that mould. So this might be your best time of year. So whatever it is, just roll with it and accept that this is this is what it is and how can I make this the best it can be. But also not being hard on yourself. Like Hayley said, it's not always about being happy 24-7 because we're human and that's not going to happen. And sometimes I get asked, like, how can I avoid this? And it's not about avoiding it. It's about accepting when it does happen and moving forward from that. Um, so you're not going to be, you know, you're not going to be able to just turn off a button when you're feeling annoyed about something or feeling down. Just accept that that's normal and then move forward with, with the skills that you have. And when we struggle against things, it's exhausting. Uh, and this all leads to burnout, you know, when you throw energy at stuff like 
being furious it's winter and that you don't feel the same just as an example you know this is exhausting behavior and then when you keep doing this sort of thing to yourself it all adds up to everything feeling harder and then you having no energy to be creative put boundaries in have fun do all the stuff that can see how the cycle sort of goes well thank you both it's been really interesting talking to you today um just before we leave could you both give me one quick tip to avoid burnout over the christmas period christina yeah so i would say besides having a vision of what you want your ideal christmas period to look like and making that happen i think my biggest one which i've personally found has made the biggest difference is allowing yourself time between your hectic work day and then your relaxation time at home or whatever it is you do at home. And I think having that pause in between is so important. So whether it's that you're sitting there for a few minutes, just breathing or listening to some music or whatever it is that you can relate to and you do, make sure you do it in between that time. Because when you're constantly going from hectic to at home, hectic to home, that's just like a cycle of burnout, I'm sure. Um, and I think that it's really important to have that time. And you hear people really relating this within the industry where you have your last client and you just sit on your chair for hours before you actually go and tidy up or you sit in your car for an extra few minutes because you can't be bothered to get out and go home. That time could be so much like be used in such a better way, because often in those times we're just sitting there scrolling on our phone and it's it's yeah detrimental. So I think having that pause time, a few minutes to breathe and then moving on into your different space where you can relax and do what you want to do at home super important to stopping that burnout. I think the thing that people need to remember about December is that it's only three weeks and really sort of prepare yourself mentally for that and also really accept that you can't do it all. You know, December is, you know, even if you're fully booked all year round, somehow December feels busier. And when you're fully booked 24-7, how can it feel busier? But it just does. And I think it's because there's a lot going on usually in your life as well. It's like everyone in the world wants to see you in December. There's stuff going on at your kids' schools. There's stuff to prepare at home. And I think as a hairdresser, you need to really accept that you probably can't do all that you normally do in December. Because if you think about it as a balance, things have upped at work. And so it needs to come down a little bit at home so that you don't get burnt out. And people tend to just run against that completely and decide they can do it all then get sick in January I used to get tonsillitis every January standard behavior hairdressers are sick as soon as they get a bit of time off they're sick and so if you want to avoid that my top tip is that you've got to think okay if I'm going to put more energy here what can I bring down over here at home and that might involve conversations with your friends and your partner around what can they pick up for you you know, what responsibilities yeah. can they pick up that you can put down for three weeks so that you don't have to use more and more energy that, you know, your body will want it back. When you use tomorrow's energy today, which is what a lot of us do in December, your body wants it back in January. And so if you want to avoid that sickness in January, you need to just expel the same amount of energy in December, which means you've got to find that balance by usually putting down some responsibility or maybe doing a little less socialising and leaning fully into the hibernation. Oh, well, thank you both. It's been really great to have you both here today. And um, I look forward to seeing more from you in 2023. Thank you to Hayley and Christina for joining us today. We hope you found their tips useful and that you can put them into practice yourself. 
not just over Christmas, but all throughout the year. Please don't forget to rate and review the Respectfully podcast. And why not subscribe as well to keep up to date with all the new episodes. Until next time.